1: It's Monday, October 5th. I'm your host, Jason Moser. On this week's financial show, we're going to take a recent listener question and we're going to dig a little bit deeper into EXP World Holdings, a company that provides cloud based real estate brokerage services for residential homeowners and home buyers in the United States, Canada, the UK, and Australia. And, of course, we've always uh, got a couple of stocks for you to keep an eye on. Joining me this week, as always, it's Certified Financial
0: Planner Matt Frankel. Matt, how's everything going? Just great. It's finally fall. I'm, I was wearing long sleeves earlier, but <laughs> can't take the hoodie off for the show. But it's good to good to finally break the hoodies out of the closet.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I like uh, I, I I like all the seasons. I like the change in seasons. Um, I I, I gotta say, you know, I, I do enjoy I do enjoy fall. I like the leaves falling. I like football starting, you know, I like throwing a couple of bucks on a game here and there. It just it's it's enjoyable, right? It's a nice way to wrap up the year.
0: Yeah, I'd say fall is definitely my favorite time of year, especially you know living in a place where the summers are 150 degrees.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm very familiar. I grew up there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Very familiar indeed. Moved up here from Georgia, so uh, yeah. I mean, I tell you, we have our stretches here in Virginia where it feels that way too, but but they're uh, they're certainly more short lived than uh, further down south like that. Um, So, Matt, last week we you know we we fielded a question from a listener who was asking um, our opinion on a company called. EXP World Holdings and it's one that you know we we had Seen, I mean, we hadn't really done any serious work into, um, but given the focus of the business on the real estate market, and um, as as we're seeing residential real estate and technology come together in this in this sort of newfangled uh, world of real estate transactions, we thought it would be a great idea this week to dig more into this one particular business because it's one that doesn't really have um, a lot of coverage in our foolish universe right now. It's not one that I think gets much coverage. on. On any of our shows, and we always like bringing uh, new ideas to the forefront. And so uh, we felt like this week uh, would be a good one to go ahead and dig deeper into EXP World Holdings, talk a little bit about the business, what they do, uh, and and so forth. Um, And Matt, you know, I I started digging into this company, and this is a really Neat business from a lot of different angles. It, it's it's one that does have some history. It's not it's not a brand new IPO. I mean they they actually made a move I think from the pink sheets to the Nasdaq back in May 2018. Uh, so it it has traded on the on the public markets for a while, uh, but still a relatively small company. I mean a you know three billion dollar market cap. Uh, but but the business Exp World Holdings is best known for the main part of the business which is e EXP Realty. So, for our listeners, how about you give us an idea? What exactly is EXP World Holdings? What does this company
0: do? Sure. Well, like you mentioned, it's a holding company. It has a few different businesses, but the, most of the revenue comes from its realty, the EXP Realty. Um, it's a full service brokerage. And the idea is it's similar to a Redfin in the sense that they aim to leverage technology to make real estate more efficient and not only to save. It's customers' money, but to put more money in its in its brokers' pockets and to increase its own margins. So it's a really interesting business, and it's they they're not a brand name as much as Redfin is. They um they have a network of agents throughout the country. They have thirty two thousand agents on the platform. So this this isn't a tiny operation. Um, but yeah, it's they they actually claim to be the largest real estate brokerage by geographic reach in the world. Um, especially now that they're we'll get to it later but they're going to start expanding internationally in in a pretty serious way. So th- they have a big reach. They have their the their model uses cloud technology, internet marketing, things like that to really s- have a favorable cost structure over the traditional brokerage model and to save like I said save all parties involved money.
1: Yeah, it sounds like to me, it's a business very focused on utilizing technology to to wring out all of the inefficiencies that exist in the real estate market. And for anybody who has purchased a home, sold a home, uh, rented a home, looked for a home, I mean, it, applied for a loan. I mean, if if you've done any of that stuff, then you you certainly get you know that 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 that's. You get a closer look at, at a lot of the inefficiencies that do exist. So there's a lot of money that goes into this into this market. And when I say a lot of money, I mean uh, you know there's a data point there. The U.S. residential real estate market for existing homes accounted for approximately 1.5 trillion dollars in transaction volume, with 5.3 million homes sold in 2019. That's based on data from the National Association of Realtors uh, this year in, in 2020. And so when you think about that number there, 1.5 trillion dollars. I mean, you see this massive market opportunity and you can understand why all of these different all of these different participants in the value chain look at that market opportunity and say, "Ooh, baby, I want to get my little piece of that." Um because there's a lot of stuff that goes into buying or selling a home. Um what you know, what do you what do you feel like First of all, okay, let's 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 talk about how they make money. Actually, let's talk about how this company actually makes money. I mean, this isn't a subscription business, as as some might think, right? This is this is a business that's more based on commissions right now.
0: Right. Well, first of all, that one point five trillion figure you just gave is just the U.S. Uh, it's it's worth reiterating that just because because I mentioned they're going to start expanding internationally. Currently, they operate in the U.S., Canada, U.K., and Australia. They're about to expand to Mexico, France, India, Portugal, and South Africa all by the end of this year. So I don't know what the markets are in those countries. I, I I didn't actually dig into those, but I'd have to I'd have to imagine the overall opportunity is several times that 1.5 trillion dollar figure you just mentioned. Well, yeah, I mean everybody needs so, a roof over their head, right? I mean, right. So at the heart, this is a, it is a commission based business like most realty real estate brokerages, um, and the commission split is very favorable to agents, which is how they've been able to to attract so many you know of the top real estate professionals. The standard real estate brokerage, and anyone listening can feel free to chime in and correct me on this, but the standard split is roughly 60% to the agent and 40% to the brokerage. So if you made you know $10,000 commission from selling a house, you would get 6000 of that, the agency would get 4000 of that. Um, with eXp, it's an 80-20 split, but only for the first $80,000 of commission income you bring in. After that, you keep 100%. So that's pretty favorable. So it, it as it works out, the maximum you're, you'll have to pay EXP if you're one of their agents is sixteen thousand dollars in it, sixteen thousand dollars in commission in any given year. That's the twenty percent of eighty thousand. So beyond that, every penny goes to the agent. So that's a pretty. I mean, when you think the industry standard is 60-40, that's a pretty favorable split. Um, and you can see how the, some of the savings is passed on to the customer, and some of the savings is. You know, given to EXP in the form of of or and their agents in the form of more money, because um, it's it's a model that's really catching on, and a lot of agents are quick to jump ship from traditional brokers like say a Coldwell Banker or a, a Keller Williams, which is where their CEO actually came from well so, yeah i mean
1: that, that that makes a lot of sense there i mean i i feel like in that something similar redfin i feel like is is similar in nature right? i mean redfin being being an online brokerage as well i mean I feel like they they saw this as an opportunity to jump in there and change the economics a bit to 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 sort of prove their point right to prove the the potential of that model and and how that money can be um, cut a little bit differently so th- so that uh, it makes it a bit more attractive from the agent's perspective
0: to go to go work with them. Right, Uh, and Redfin really emphasizes how much they're saving the customer. This is one key difference. When uh, you know, when when I I was kind of doing a dive into this earlier and comparing the two, Redfin's materials really make really emphasize what they're saving the customer, meaning a one point five percent listing fee as opposed to the three percent industry standard. Things like that. EXP really prioritizes their agents, which is a really interesting thing. It, It seems like their commissions kind of vary by where the agents are, and you know you know their their operation they kind of give the agents a little freedom it sounds like but they really emphasize how their commission structure benefits the agents as opposed to how they're really undercutting the traditional model which i think we were talking you i'm pretty sure it was you and i we were talking about Redfin one day and people kept commenting that their customer service isn't great um you know it and i've heard this from a lot of i mean being a pretty active real estate investor i've Tried to contact Redfin agents and not been able to get the agent on the phone just because it's so. This prioritizes recruiting the best agents in the business, incentivizing them to produce because, like I said, the the agency split goes away after eighty thousand dollars in a year. Um, So it's really incentivizing their agents to produce. So it's it's a it's an interesting distinction and and um. I'd be curious to find out <laughs> to be a fly on the wall in their marketing room when I find out why they're emphasizing agent commission as opposed to their savings for customers. Because I, I looked at one of their just one um, exp agent. Their ads is powered by EXP Realty, one percent listing fee, which is less even than Redfin, and a 33% buyer rebate at closing. So it sounds like their agents are really trying to, you know, pass on the savings to the customers, leveraging the cloud-based platform and and market and internet based marketing savings. But yeah, EXP itself really is a an employee-centric company. I'll get to their stock plan in a minute. But they're they're very they, they focus on their employees, be, be, believing that, you know, top talent is is a competitive advantage.
1: Yeah. Well, and let's talk about that competitive advantage for a little bit here because I feel like there are a number of different ways you can look at this. And I mean that's an interesting way to look at it there. Maybe they feel like you know putting that focus on their agents incentivizes the agents to then do right by their customers provide excellent service i mean you know in a lot of cases i mean let's let's face it as as consumers i mean you know the old adage you, you get what you pay for i mean in, in a lot of cases i mean it, it's okay to pay more for something particularly if you know you're getting great service i mean customer service is hard like good customer service is hard i know a lot of people think oh it's just you know you're just a person dealing with another person it's really hard that's that's why you have just these these scattered experiences wherever you go um, and, and certainly good consistent customer service can be an advantage over time i mean if you look if you look at the business itself I and mean, looking at the most recent quarterly results here clearly agents are coming over to the platform i mean the number of agents and brokers on the exp realty platform grew 54% from a year ago to 31,091 and that was up from 20162 20, from a year ago. And then if you look at the residential transaction volume for the second quarter of 2020, that was up 26% of $13 billion. Uh, so, I mean, something they're doing is working, and clearly it's 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 bringing agents over to that model. I wonder if, I mean, beyond just that that focus on the employees, I mean, it, it, it's nice to work for a company where they really focus on you, the employee. Um, I feel like we work, frankly, at a company where they focus a lot on us. Uh, which is great, and in turn, we focus on our our members because you know it, it it just kind of it just it just works, right? We have that incentive. We see that behavior. We want to continue that behavior. We see we see how powerful it can become. So, I mean, perhaps that's one advantage to this business. I mean, another thing that struck me about this business, though, particularly on the tech front, and this was especially interesting to me given my uh, focus with augmented virtual reality and our in our services here at the Fool. This is a company that really is using immersive technology. Um, I mean, I've seen where they 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 have like a fully immersive cloud office with virtual conference rooms, avatars, uh, using immersive technology for training. In two thousand and eighteen, they actually acquired um, a a company called Virbella, which is a virtual reality software platform. In um, in we were talking a little bit before taping. I mean, my, my wife and I have have. We've we've gone through and actually purchased homes based on. Um virtual tours that that really initiated our search right I mean we'd find a house you could go through a virtual tour and really learn everything that you needed to know about that house from the virtual tours that existed all the way back to 2005 And I mean here we are 15 years later technology has, has gotten considerably better so I feel like you've got a business here that not not only I think he you has know, an advantage on the on the front where they focus on the the customers but also maybe an advantage that they're really focusing on um, forward-looking technology as well
0: yeah and I Just kind of going back to where you know they're they're prioritizing their employees and you know, you mentioned that the the platform you're talking about saves a ton of money. It's I mean, you're the AR guy here, but (laughs) this seems like kind of a similar thing to where, you know, a a mobile banking transaction costs about one tenth of the a teller assisted transaction. It seems like the same kind of logic applies here. Whereas doing this stuff through their platform is a lot cheaper than you know, calling up a professional having them come to do an office things like that um so one thing I really wanted to mention and this from just from doing a dive into this struck me as really unusual is that they want all of their agents to be owners in the company um from an investor's point of view that's a real they just seeing not only their management it, we're, we're used to seeing CEOs and management teams with, with a lot of skin in the game would you, would you say that's fair I mean I've seen a lot oh, of yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. So, but we're not used to seeing where every employee has a lot of ownership in the company. Um, so, eight, I mean, exp agents get two hundred dollars of company stock on their first closing, another four hundred when they meet that eighty thousand dollars commission threshold, another four hundred when any agent they refer closes their first sale, and top agents get prizes in in stock, you know, constantly. And agents can receive to, up to five percent of their commission in the form of company stock. At a ten percent discount to whatever the market price is. That's a pretty generous employee stock plan, if you if you ask me. And it, it I mean, am I alone? In the, I I think that's a, a pretty good good catalyst for to for motivation there.
1: I I don't think you're alone at all. I I, I firmly agree with that, and I think um, ownership is an extremely powerful concept that. You know, Charlie Munger says all the time, "Beware the power of incentives." Right? Um, incentives can can work all sorts of funny ways, and ownership is one that can really um, it, ownership can really encourage uh, uh, specific behaviors that that leadership would be looking for. I can understand that. I mean certainly I'm very familiar with that concept. I mean here at the fool um I mean you know it's 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 very much the same idea. I mean we're owners of the business and and it's 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 something that we take a lot of pride in and it and it, and I think it does it does incentivize our behavior. It it, it helps it helps us think about things from a different perspective. I mean, that that ownership can be very powerful. And and speaking of ownership, I mean, let's talk about management here for a second, because Glenn Sanford, the CEO of the business, uh, founded the company back in 2007. He owns, from what I saw, 30%.
0: Of this business,
1: which is well, and exceptional. His, wife owns,
0: his wife owns another twenty seven percent. They have a majority.
1: Yeah, what well, yeah, and I think actually, technically, it's his ex wife. Believe it or not, but yeah, right. Either way, right. yeah, twenty percent. So I mean, you, you look at that, that's that's fifty percent ownership right there from from two parties who, I mean, clearly have have a lot of interest in watching this business succeed.
0: Yeah, they literally have billions of reasons to deliver for <laughs> for investors. Yeah, um, and and it's it's. I mean, from what I see, they're really building a nice culture here. I mean, uh, on on Glassdoor, I haven't checked recently, but in the, about a month ago, was he had a ninety three percent approval rating from his employees on Glassdoor. That's pretty wow. high. Yeah, it's, um, that's good. About nine out of ten of the EXP um, agents say they would recommend the company to a friend. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, we 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 check uh, employee because that's another big competitive advantage in being able to attract and retain talent. Is a good corporate culture, so we checked that. Those are two of, those are some of the higher numbers that we've seen, um, and I mean just when you consider the growth. Um, the last time I wrote anything about EXP was in November 2019, so not quite a year ago, and they had just over 20,000 agents at that point. Um, when you when you consider it's about 32,000 now, to get that to get 12,000 agents to join your platform over less than 12 months. That's you're, you're doing something right when it comes to recruiting talent and, and building a good culture and keeping them happy. It's, so, I mean, my, my hat's off to Sanford. I mean, even though him and his wife, seemed, or ex-wife, whatever, seem to have a majority. Um, I mean, like I said, it's not just that they have a majority, all their employees are encouraged to be stockholders. Um, the C, it's, it's worth pointing out also there's a separate CEO of eXp Realty. We mentioned eXp itself is a holding company. Um, even though the realty is the bulk the bulk of the business uh, Jason guess Jason guessing I think I'm pronouncing it correctly is CEO of exp Realty and has about a three percent stake of the company, which is a fair amount of money I mean it's a three billion dollar company right now uh give or take I think based on today's price so I mean three percent of that is you know, about 90 million dollars just doing the math real quick not insignificant so, not insignificant at all. So so that's a pretty he's got a pretty decent stake too, I mean and I'd imagine a lot of you know longtime agents especially you got to take advantage of that five percent of your commission in discounted stock. I hope I hope a lot (laughs) of the agents have taken advantage of that.
1: I Um, well, I mean the stock's up about
0: fivefold over the past year.
1: Yeah, it's that it's had obviously it's had a very good run and you know when you look at it today. In the competitive landscape, I mean, the, the business that first came to mind, in, in looking through this, was Redfin, of course. Um, I mean, the other one is Zillow. Uh, Zillow making a bit of a pivot to what they used to, from from what they used to be, um, to something a little bit more akin to the markets that that Redfin and um, Exp pursue, but but exp is still smaller even than Redfin. I mean, I i the one thing I noticed on their financials, I mean, it is it is a albeit very modestly uh, profitable business, and and they do uh, have positive cash flow numbers. So you know, it does feel like they've they've been around long enough. I mean, they understand how you know economics work and the power of good financials. Um, when you when you look at the competitive landscape for this this market, I mean, clearly. As we stated earlier on, just based on the domestic opportunity and that one and a half trillion dollar number that we lobbed out there, I mean this is a massive market opportunity, and and I mean real estate's always going to be really a massive market opportunity. It's one of those constants, uh, but but we're seeing these companies that that are coming in here and really um, changing things around. I mean taking out taking us out of this sort of old school uh, way of doing things, and and um, you know utilizing technology to to make it to make it better, faster. Cheaper. Um, what do, what do you feel like as far as the, the the competitive landscape? I mean, is is this something where they can all coexist? Do you feel like there's going to be consolidation in this industry, or do you feel like you know of of Zillow, Redfin, and EXP? Do, do you have one where you feel like there's a stronger business that, than than the other two?
0: Well, I th- I think all of them should be worried that Zillow is trying to get into the brokerage game. Um, I, that's new. Zillow is not a broker for the most part at this point. Right. I mean they, yeah. they have their iBuying program where they buy and sell houses themselves, but for the most part, they're not like a they're not a Redfin or EXP or a Century 21 or any of the other ones. Um, so I'd be worried about Zillow getting into the game. I do see a lot of consolidation ahead in the space, especially when it comes to the old school brokerages. They really don't have any major cost advantages right now, they have an antiquated commission model. Um, i could see some of the big players c- absorbing some of the, you know uh, reology is is the one that owns a, a few of the the old school brokers i could see them being bought out at some point by a more tech focused um innovator um i i mean exp could be a takeover target who knows i mean oh yeah yeah Zillow could conceivably buy them absolutely
1: <laughs> i mean well that was one of the things i thought i thought of was you know given the size that the business is today i mean it really I mean, you know, I mean, a three billion dollar market cap—that's nothing to sneer at. But by the same token, I mean, you look at something like a Redfin that's sitting there at you know five and a half billion, six billion at some point. I mean, and then you get Zillow's twenty-five billion dollar company. I mean, Zillow has a history; has a history of acquiring. I mean, right? That was Trulia they bought, and um, a number of other smaller sort of bolt-on acquisitions. I mean, it would be well within their means to be able to bring something like uh, you know an Exp into their into their fold if they really wanted to.
0: Yeah, they're talking about getting into the brokerage business. That would get them in in a pretty meaningful way, really quickly. Absolutely. and I would think it would give them a lot of cross-selling, um, you know, potential to really leverage its online platform that it has now. Its premier agent services, things like that. Um, you know, it, it has its, its rental services right now, and 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 even the iBuyer program. That'd be a great way to you know boost that and source deals in a in a cost effective way. So I mean, it, it it could make sense as an acquisition for Zillow or for Redfin, for that matter. I mean, I think Redfin could conceivably buy buy EXP if it really wanted to. Oh sure,
1: oh sure. And I mean, to to your point about Zillow, I mean, I'm not I'm not necessarily not necessarily saying that the cultures overlap. I mean, I guess they could. I don't know. Um, but but you do have two businesses there that place a very high priority on culture, and and we see through the years as you mentioned earlier on that really is something that can that can result in a competitive advantage over time
0: yeah and i mean it's, all all of them, all three of these tech focused real estate companies we're talking about forget reology i i don't really see century 21 and all their competitive advantages over time which is why the stock is priced the way it is but when it comes to exp when it comes to redfin when it comes to zillow so all of them have their own competitive advantages um, they they're all really good at one thing or another I mean Zillow's, you know, listing services are in a league of it, in a league of its own.
1: Everybody loves to say zestimate, right?
0: <laughs> right. And I mean I've I've heard people use Zillow as a verb in, in real estate transactions. Oh, sure. You know, I'm gonna go do some Zillowing to try to find a good property Absolutely. later. Absolutely. I mean, and that's something that no one else can touch. Um when it comes to just just the cheap, straightforward commission structure, Redfin is is the winner. I mean hands if you if, if I ask you where you can save over the traditional brokerage commission, sure, you could call a local realtor, try to negotiate something, you could try to find an eXp agent, or you could just go to Redfin, because you know it's going to be cheaper than the traditional business model. Um, I mean, eXp has, a, I mean, they're, they're recruiting some talented agents and they're they're building a cloud-based platform that's seems to be a pretty big competitive advantage so far. Um, and their their corporate culture seems to be a really big competitive advantage so far. Just based on, the, just based on the growth numbers, I mean, you can't really argue with that. <laughs> that no, some, no. something has to be a good advantage there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like you said, it seems like they're doing something right. I'm I'm very uh, interested to see how how this market shapes up in the coming years. It, it does feel like EXP is going to be a big part of it. I I mean, I personally I'm going to be very interested to follow along um, the the immersive technology side. Um, of the business, the the investments they're making in in that side of the business, but I I do feel like that really has the potential um, to to shape this this entire space in 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 the coming years and decades. It just it it, it it just seems to make such a difference. I mean, you don't have to sit there and. Call a real estate agent at all hours of the day to go see a home I mean that's the worst thing in the world. You got to spend like a weekend like going and looking at like six seven eight different houses if if there's if there's an immersive technology platform where you can go on virtual tours and really get the same feedback um that 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 certainly could be tremendous
0: yeah, for sure i did it, it's a it's a rapidly evolving space and I don't think I was alone in this, but I know I've been saying this for years. Real estate was one of the last industries that's just like begging to be disrupted. I think I think Bill actually said that at the beginning of talking to him today. Um, it's just a space that's begging to be disrupted. I mean, the six percent commission structure, like you said, it, it makes for I, for sale by owner seems kind of tempting when you consider what six percent of your home value is.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, I can <laughs> understand too why it, it, it's been slow to disrupt. And and I mean I, it's partly because it's just such a uh, so many nuts and bolts to it, right? So many things going on, so many participants within that value chain. But also, like like you noted with the <laughs> the incentive structure there, I mean, if you're a part of that old school model, you're probably guarding that thing like a Rottweiler, right? I mean, you don't want to give up that kind of commission if if you've been living off that uh, you know that 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 four percent five six percent um, gift. For, for so long, so I, I certainly understand why it was so resilient, but I, I also think it's it's inevitable, and I think we're starting to see it. And certainly, it's, it seems like EXP is, is one of the businesses leading the way. So, Matt, I, if if I, I feel like you and I probably walk away from this with with the same sorts of feelings here, I mean, it, it's it's a, a very competitive industry, but this is certainly a very intriguing business with a lot of positive qualities.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's it's a really interesting one to dive into, especially since, like I said, last time I wrote about it was in November last year. I actually hadn't remembered that last time when when we decided to do a dive. But it's really cool to compare that with what how the business has evolved in less than a year. Yeah, yeah. and it's pretty impressive. I can see why their stock is up, you know, you know, four hundred percent over the past year (laughs) or something like that. With those kind of growth numbers, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Well, before we wrap up uh, for the week here, Matt, let's jump into uh, One to Watch, give our listeners a, a stock that we have uh, got on our radar for this week for one reason or another. What is your One to Watch this week, Matt?
0: Well, uh, if you're a bargain hunter, I would put EPR Properties on your radar, ticker symbol is EPR. They are a real estate investment trust. They focus on what are what they call experiential real estate. Um, Topgolf, for example, is a big tenant. Um, they have a bunch of water parks, they have a lot of golf resorts, they have a lot of ski resorts. They also have about 45% of their portfolio in movie theaters, which is why they're getting beaten up. Ouch. Um, if you saw today's news, uh, Regal Cinemas is shutting down all 500 of their U.S. theaters. Regal is one of their big tenants, AMC is their biggest one by far. Um, AMC has not decided to shut down its theaters. But the way um, R- Regal, their parent company, their CEO came out and said, we're like a grocery store that doesn't have fruit, vegetables, meat, or bread. Like, you know, <laughs> how 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 long can you stay open if you don't have a product to sell? Because they keep pushing all these these movies back. Um, so the movie businesses, I mean, it, it could have done without this latest punch in the face when they delayed the the new James Bond movie uh, till April. Because these these companies don't run high margin businesses. They don't have that much you know ca- liquidity to, to to deal with a a long shutdown. So. I think it's going to be fine long term. I think it's going to be pretty down to the wire when it comes to you know, vaccine versus when these companies run out of money. Um, the, the next big movie release is scheduled for Christmas Day. the um, The new Wonder Woman movie that's the new the the next blockbuster that's supposed to come out. If that doesn't get delayed, I think you'll see um, the movie industry really breathe a sigh of relief. And EPR is down, I think, you know, ten percent today. Um, on the news that Regal's shutting down its theaters and it's it's pulled back considerably recently. So if you're a bargain hunter and you believe in the movie business long term like I do, check that one out. Rant over. Yeah,
1: we 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 talked about that movie business earlier on uh, market foolery today and um <clears throat> I mean they're phasing a really difficult situation on both fronts. They have a supply problem and a demand problem. I mean, the the movie theaters keep pushing these movies out for understandable reasons, um, and with no movies, then you don't have the people wanting to come to your theater to see them. And that results in just a... Vortex of of problems. That, right, it's like a um, store.
0: It's a store without a product. <laughs> yeah,
1: difficult to escape. Difficult to escape. Uh, well, you may have seen the news today, Matt. That PayPal is uh, launching a new credit card under its Venmo brand. Uh, it's a Venmo credit card. It's going to be backed by Synchrony Bank, longtime partner of PayPal, and backed by Visa. Um, I, you know, this is just interesting news. I mean, it's not something that you should expect. Uh, to play out on PayPal's bottom line in any massive way. I mean, management noted it would be incremental, but I, I think it's one more notch in their belt in growing out the engagement of this Venmo brand and, and helping to spur daily use of Venmo, whether it's through your phone or through the card, they're really uh, incorporating technology with things like the QR code, um, so that you can just scan. Uh, that partnership with CVS we we saw earlier uh, this year, where they're rolling out that QR code with CVS stores everywhere, uh, has a lot of potential. Certainly, I think it's really interesting the reward structure they've established with this card, this Venmo credit card. A little bit different than what we see normally, but the, the reward structure you get 3% cash back on the category in which you spend the most. And then you get two percent cash back on the second highest category, and then one percent back on all other purchases. so it's not something that's trying to influence or encourage certain behavior they're just rewarding you for using it and and I think that's really I think that's really neat. I think that resonates um, with younger younger uh spenders younger consumers and, and it's a different it's a different way of looking at it so I'll be interested to see how um how how consumers You know how how they how they find that. I mean, if that's something that they value over over other uh, reward structures, but but regardless, I think it's just neat to see PayPal continuing to grow out that Venmo brand and really learning how to monetize it um, and and create more engagement and use uh, for for the product. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on as well for folks. Uh, But I think that's gonna do it for us this week, Matt. I. uh, Hey, listen, as, as every week, I really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, jump on the show and, and, and chat. I always always enjoy talking with you.
0: Of course. And uh, we'll have to talk more about the Venmo credit card next week when we have a little more time. I think that's a good plan. That's a good plan.
1: Well, that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Remember, you can always reach out to us on Twitter, at MFIndustryFocus, or you can drop us an email at industryfocus fool.com. Hey, let us know what stocks you're buying, what stocks you're selling. If you have stocks that you want us to dive into on this show, throw them out there. We're always looking for new ideas, especially if they're ideas that we haven't touched on before. But as always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Thanks as always to Tim Sparks for putting the show together for us. For Matt Frankel, I'm Jason Moser. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.